Welcome back to the show. Today on the podcast, a conversation with the undisputed champion of creating languages for film and television, David J. Peterson. Before we begin, a few notes on the episode. Hannah wasn't able to join us on the morning that we recorded, but we did shoot the episode in VR. That video is available to watch. Go to the post on GameOfOwns.com for this episode, and you can find the link, or we will probably put it up. We will put it up on social media. The camera overheated twice during that recording, so the whole interview won't be watchable. You can listen to the whole thing here, but if you want to watch it and move around and see just how weird it looked, go for it. Also, at the end of the episode, my computer died. And we weren't sure we were going to be able to save the podcast, or rather if the podcast saved itself, but it did. And it sounds like we were about to break into the heart of some great mystery, David revealing potential info that he might get in trouble for, but he didn't, unfortunately. And we stopped the episode and said bye to everyone and plugged our Twitter handles, I think, two minutes or so after it cut off. So just in case you wanted to hear that, follow David. On Twitter at D E D A L V S. I think it's Daedalus, but he took the uh, U and swapped it out with a V. And uh, you know how to follow us. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. Please enjoy. <laughs> David, you're here today to talk to us about some important topics. Yes? <sighs> Taxation. Without representation. Mm. But we have representation, so taxation is okay. Is it okay if we do? But what if we don't decide how the representation does things? <laughs> uh, I mean, theoretically, one would ideally like their representatives to do exactly what one would want them to do. But if they don't, then I guess it didn't happen. And that's the way of it. Yeah, I mean... Hey, pass me one of them sweat towels, too. I like this, because it's football-themed. And that's what we're here to talk about, is football. Can you believe that, we, uh, that we're literally sweating when it's winter outside? Winter. Oh! <laughs> it's here. Oh! Oh! I feel like we're cooking right now. All right, so we're going to auction these bad boys off. Is that right? I think that that's the idea. Cool. Well, we could probably just we rub it on the dog. It'll be worth a lot more. Ooh. Honestly, we have to keep the the air units off because we're recording a podcast. That's true. And uh, sound is important. Yeah, it's for you. Yeah, for not us. This is for the the pleasure of those listening. Right. It's now. for the fans. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all right. What do you got? Okay, so uh, I, I thought that it was worth mentioning. I found out two days ago, along with everybody else, that a prequel, a Game of Thrones prequel that I had been working on was canceled. And that was that was a bummer. That was a bummer. Uh, it, it was funny. I was reading an article on it, and it said that uh, that the showrunner, you know, had emailed all the cast and crew to let them know. I was like, well, not all of the cast and crew. Right. <laughs> That's usually my role in it. That's where I am. I'm somewhere... I, as I say, I'm somewhere below the caterer in terms of importance when it comes to working on shows and things like that. Hmm. But then, you know, the caterer is pretty crucial. Yeah, no, the caterer is going to keep everybody fed. Otherwise, the the yeah. rules can't be followed and this thing can't be made. Yeah. yeah. Just, it sounds like one of those operations where the rules are so strictly followed that everyone's pockets are so gladly lined <laughs> in some 
nice way. Well, you know, a bizarre story. I still don't know the whole story about this. But you know, first of all, how on a set, uh, at least on like a big budget set, there's two things. There's craft services and there's crafty. Are you familiar with this distinction? Yeah, I've heard of crafty. Okay, so uh, craft services, they're the ones that make the meals. Crafty is the one that does the snacks. Okay. But yeah, so I was working on Bright and apparently like after like a month, a couple of months, the the company that was hired to do crafty the first time was fired because they blew through their entire budget <laughs> and then a new crafty service was hired. It was like I, I showed up one day and I was like, hey, what happened to the old crafty guys? And that was when they told me, oh, yeah. Damn. Blew through their budget. I was like, wow. All right. Not a lot of like over <clears throat> oversight there, like watching over to see what decisions the people in crafty are making with well, this well, sort of blank check that they're getting. I mean, eventually there was yeah. because they were fired and there was like a, another two months of shooting to go. So then they brought in another crafty team who, you know, obviously had less money, but uh, they did all right. Hmm. That was where I invented my signature drink, and I want to say it on the air so that people will recognize <laughs> it. I call it a Peterson or the David a David Peterson, Ooh. kind of like an Arnold Palmer. Okay. Uh, but it's where you take, uh, you know, 50% iced tea, you know, sweet iced tea, mm-hmm. and then 50% limeade. Hmm. It is so good. Iced tea and limeade. Mm-hmm. I love limeade. Yeah. So you use like the simply limeade, like the straight up sugary, proper sugar, or like <clears throat> sorry, like mass marketed sugary limeade, or do you have like a more bitter sort of classic homemade local to SoCal? One? No, I mean if it's me, obviously it's going to be sweet. Um, I'm trying to think of the exact <laughs> brand that was there at, at, at the uh, the at, on set. I know that the the brand of iced tea was that tropical one. So you're on set for Bright? Yeah, every That's, day, dude. That was amazing. I got to work with all the actors. Yeah, their performances were When you were watching them make that, were you just like, okay, people are going to really take well to this? Or were you afraid that it was like, did you, because when I watch it, that's the impression I get is that it's going to go in one direction or the other. Like people like me that this appeals to are going to think how cool to see these fantasy elements shoved into the monotony of everyday life and also focus on one of inside of that story to focus on an orc. That is like opposite to the good people, essentially. Inside of that is like another layer. It can either be really yeah. appealing or so stupid. Kind of like that dinosaur show in the 90s. Either oh, really appealing yeah. or just like t- change the channel immediately when this is on. That that was, oh my God. Someday I'm going to show <laughs> my child that show Dinosaurs and she's going to look at me Not and say, mama. this was on the air? Yeah. I this like was it. on primetime? I like it. No, I, I if mean, you go on YouTube, they still have like all that stuff. Well, yeah, look. Watch I mean, the end of it. I mean, if, if you've depressing. seen the finale, you know that that was something. But I yeah, mean, it's depressing. The well, ending is crazy. <laughs> I think I saw it in a comp- <clears throat> compilation of uh, fucked up endings of TV shows that were just like, or, or yeah. things or strange meta directions that, that stuff went. Like Rocco's Modern Life, for example, did sort of the same thing. But apparently that the life, the lifespan of that whole show was basically purgatory or some hellish existence, which makes sense yeah. when you imagine all the different realities they face and having the big heads as neighbors. But that's not what we're supposed to be talking about today. No. Have so, you even seen Rocco's Modern Life? No, I haven't. Okay. Now, well, I'm, is, now I'm interested. You, it, you it, should watch it. Okay. So back to back to Bright very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody working on that had any idea how it was going to come out. Mm. Um, I mean, it was just, because the thing is, we were working with an original script that was terrible, written by some guy. And, um, <laughs> and then, so kind of like, as we were going, David Ayer was progressively rewriting it. I honestly, I wish he had rewrote more of it, 
um, and throwing in new ideas um, and then just filming stuff. We never knew what exactly was going to f- make it to the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, all these sequences that, that got filmed didn't end up in the final thing. Um, even at one point in time, we actually had the the prop department make an edible baby. Oh, my this gosh. Scene, this guy eating a baby. Aren't all like, babies technically edible, though? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to make a new one for that. True enough. True <laughs> enough. All right. But um, anyway, but yeah, so like then, you know, when we actually saw it at the oh, okay. premiere, I was like, I thought oh, you're getting back wow. to the depressing stuff. So we're, oh, still, wow. we're still on to something. Yeah, that, we're still on bright. I was like, right. look at that. They made a movie out of that. And it's and it's, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I was pleased. I was pleased. Um, all oh, right. So it yeah. felt cool to be involved, too, on the on the ground floor like that. Oh, as well. God. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I was to be there for every single take and to be able to actually, you know, say, oh, that that wasn't right. Try this. Mm-hmm. And and then they do it. It's it's wonderful. So a lot of that they didn't polish an ADR like you were there for a lot of the inflection and the, the meaning behind it as well. And then. Do you think that maybe they took your direction then and translated it if they had to retract something? I don't know if they ever had to do any of my stuff in ADR. I just always see, or sorry, rather hear audio in movies, and I'm so impressed by how clean it is. Yeah. And if I, most modern films and TV, I'm assuming that it's like 90% all done in post because of the, yeah. the like, ambient scenarios that they're recording this stuff in. Oh, yeah, and they're a lot better now. Actually, uh, Jason Momoa has described himself to me. He said, I am an ADR fucking master. (laughs) But um, I would hope that someone, I mean, you got to be. The rubber lips thing just would drive me crazy trying to match that shit up. It just escapes me. Now, this is my last digression, I swear, but movie Bloodsport, right? Mm -hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme? Mm -hmm. Okay. Rewatch this movie. Okay. Because there's a scene. And if you know the movie, you're going to remember this scene. There's a scene in the beginning where uh, they tell Van Damme, the, the, or his character, Frank Dukes, they found out that he's going to go to Hong Kong to compete in the Kumite, right? And so... Um, Sounds foreboding. Yeah. And and so, because he's in the military, right? He's in the American military. They find out he's going to do this, and they say, absolutely not. You're not allowed to do this. And so it's the, the private or whatever that comes up to tell him this says, you know, you have to come with me. You know, you're you're being, you know, escorted for discipline. Okay. And he's like, you know, all right, just one thing. I have to take a shower. Right. <laughs> and so then um the guy stands outside while he takes a shower and then he's kind of like looking at his watch, like it's taking a long time. He happens to peek into the showers and see that Van Am has turned on all the showers, but it's gone. You know, he's escaped. Did he have to turn on the water, though? That's not fair. No, he didn't. And the, <laughs> and not only that, the private didn't turn off the water. So that was a lot what? of water wasted. A lot of water okay. wasted. Mm. Okay. Anyway, so then the scene that happens after this, he's trying to find Van Damme. He can't find him. He goes to report to his superior officer and explain that, you know, he's gone. He's like, you know, how is he gone? He's like, you know, I, I, I walked with him. He took a shower, and then he escaped. So... Here's I left he, all the showers on, too. I don't know yeah. why I did that. <laughs> oh, boy. Are the shower's still running private? <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was in trouble then. But here's why you need to rewatch that scene. So these are two American actors, probably monolingual English speakers, been speaking English their entire life. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought there was something weird about that scene. I was watching it with my friend Ken, and we noticed it. So there's the private. And then there's the superior officer. They redubbed all the superior officer's lines in post. Hmm. In, <sighs> they didn't in use English. It. Oh, my gosh. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, it's just like, 
he spoke English and they oh. and, and for whatever reason I'm confused now. Okay, I was confused too. Okay. No, it's like they thought, oh, his audio is unusable. Right. We okay. have to do all of his lines in post. Okay. And the other guy's lines are not. They're in the same room. Ouch. And I was always like, what is up with this guy's voice? And yeah. that was when I noticed it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, what was wrong with this guy's audio? Yeah. <laughs> was there a mic malfunction on the day? That it's like, it's really obvious because, I mean, the ambient quality of his voice compared to the other guy's voice is so different. Yeah. And there's a slight, a slight hitch in the matchup. God, I'm <laughs> Speaking so <sorry>. of <laughs> in the matchup between uh, what his lips are doing and what he's saying, and, yeah, that can be a pain in the ass. And it's like this is a movie where there are plenty of people speaking other languages, and there might be people that have you know English dubbed onto them because they couldn't speak English, but not this guy. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, go and watch that, and then enjoy the rest of the movie. Um, Do you which think is just it, a delight? That kind of thing stands out to everyone. Well, it didn't stand out to me, and Bloodsport was like my favorite movie going back to when I was 11. Hmm. I've seen it dozens of times, and it wasn't until this one time that I noticed it. Yeah. Your mind is blown now. I just, you know, I, I care so much about those little details, and then we get to the end of the story, and I'm like, did you even notice it? You're like, no, nah, I didn't notice it. And I'm like, well, what do I care about? Thing? You know how much trouble we had just now getting yeah. prepared for this talk? Like, does that mic have a pop filter? Do I ever use that mic? What's the point of that mic? Is Why does it look so different than this one? And it mm-hmm. sounds basically the same. Yeah. So many questions. All right. Anyway, okay, so yeah, so back back to it. I know. A couple, a couple days ago. Yeah. A couple days ago, we all got the news, and I assume that was the first time that you had heard about it. Yeah. And this is a project that you were excited about, that you've been yeah. working on, which we're talking about the pilot. You know the official name of the series, right? I don't, because... Okay. Um, I was wondering if Blood Moon, if they actually made that the official name, and maybe you saw well, that I've, I've seen I've seen Blood Moon on paperwork. Oh, okay. uh, I've seen Age of Heroes on paperwork. Um, I never, honestly, I never know what the actual name of the, the thing is going to be. I was working on another thing where I was pretty sure I knew what the real name was, and then I they were like, oh, just call it this. I'm like, I didn't know that was the real name. I can't talk about that one yet. But anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, going way back, the first pilot that I was associated with was this Valyrian prequel, um, but not House of the Dragon. So that was the one that was just announced and I guess is going to series and everything. Um, and I've, uh, thus far, I've had no involvement with that at all. Uh, but I was involved with the original Valyrian prequel where they were, you know, doing all this stuff. Uh, we had a deal set up. I didn't actually do any work on it, um, but it was set up for me to do work if it went forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just heard that it died before you know, before it even got to the casting stage. That was the Age of Heroes? No, that was uh, whatever the first Valerian prequel was. That was a part of the original batch of five prequels. So when you say Valerian prequel, you mean Valerian prequel, not Targaryen-centric prequel necessarily, but Valerian prequel. Honestly. Like Old Valeria? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Old Valeria specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so it was nice that I was, you know, that they were doing something, and I thought that would have been cool, but then it didn't happen, so whatever. I didn't think that much about it. But um, the uh, the other prequel, the uh, well, they did go forward, um, and if you know, as as we found out, they filmed the this entire pilot, the Blood Moon, Blood Moon Naomi yeah. Watts led one that shot right. the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that have been cool, Naomi Watts? I actually just saw her in uh, what? the Ring last night for Halloween. It's like she could have been the one. Wow, she was in the Ring. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that was her. I don't watch horror movies. Can't you don't watch do any it. scary movies? No, I can't do it. What? It's I'm going to Haunted Six Flags later today. I'm scared to death. Yeah, don't do that. I'm going to be exposed to haunted houses. I'm going to have all the social pressure to actually go through them. It's not going to be fun. I had to go to the. I had to go to Not Scary Farm once. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Not Scary Farm. It was awful. Really? People jumping out at you, scaring you. Like that's that. what's going to happen to me tonight. Yeah. No. Oh, gave me nightmares for years. Really? Yeah. I don't. En- wow. Don't thanks for that. that. <laughs> I don't enjoy that type of thing. I'm going to have to master it because I know it's just other people. All right. Yeah. And I know that it's designed to freak me out and it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. But uh, sorry, everyone, back to topic. So uh, remember, you can always die of a heart attack. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> old, old Valeria. Yeah. And uh, uh, remind me the other ones the, specifically that you were exposed to that you can talk about. Oh, just those two. So just old, those two. Old Valeria and then Bloodman. That was it. Okay. And then there you know, were other ones that we heard about. I guess Blood, I, Brian Cogman got one and that never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And he's moved on. Dave and Dan move on. Moved on. George obviously hasn't moved on. HBO is certainly, seemingly not going to move on. I thought I am that so ticked off by the way that Dave and Dan did not are not moving forward with Star Wars. That was going to finally be my way in. <laughs> Star Wars has the most bullshit language history <laughs> in the history of any. Did, what it specifically is just not? Uh, what what about it doesn't appeal to you? Oh, they don't do anything right. Uh, they, no consistency. No, um, no consistently, certainly. And then second, like just the types of things they do are really disgusting. Just, you know, uh, they they do the thing you're not supposed to do, which is go and take native indigenous languages and then just kind of fuck them up on purpose. Like bastardize them just enough so yeah. they do their own thing. Yeah. Like lazy writing, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's just do the, they at the least worst of the worst use it in a way that adds nope. to the art, like inflection wise? No, I mean the 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 only thing that's that's good about it is the is the sound design, which is not the actual uh, how to put this. It's not the phonemes or anything like that. It's just uh, the voice quality. Mm. But you know, could have done that with English or yeah. anything really, or just to use the uh, actual language that you stole. Yeah. I know. So it's just, I've, it's, it's bad everywhere in, in every Hmm. era, starting from the beginning. And so I, I, I was really looking forward to being able to like actually come in. I mean, not like we'd ever had any discussions about it, but I thought if they, you know, if they were in charge, I might be able to get It's a safe assumption, I think. Yeah. I mean, clearly that you're, you've continued to work on Game of Thrones from the beginning to the end of it. And then, to be picked up to work on a couple more of the stuff as HBO's efforts kept going, then there's some kind of continue. They want the same product from you. So yeah, no one else is coming in and writing tastier languages yet. So mm. for now, David Peterson is <laughs> taking care of business. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a weird situation. What was that news day like for you? When uh, the morning, it was like uh, the news that the pre- the sequel, or not the sequel, but the prequel had been canceled that you're working on, the pilot, everything, that that's done. And for like a certain amount of hours there, it looked at least anecdotally that uh, from people's opinions that are written, people with blue check marks and that write on articles that say uh, maybe they were just speculating a little strongly that there's going to be no prequels now. And so for like a stretch of hours, I thought there was going to huh. be no follow up stuff. I was like, oh, maybe HBO is kind of closing the book on this thing right now altogether and maybe going to open it up around like 2022 or something like allow it time to simmer kind of how like they finished out the Potter films. And then they waited a while, and they're like, okay, we're going to have six more films. I thought it was going to be something like that. Six more? 
I think it's going to be six in total Fantastic Beast films. I might be wrong. Really? Yeah. I was honestly shocked it there five? was going to be three. Or is it going to be five? I, it might be six or five. I'm supposed to know this, but. Well, that's fine. I enjoy watching those on airplanes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I, li- I really like the first one. And yeah, the second I was, one was kind of hard to watch. I was disappointed with the second one because the thing that I really enjoyed was uh, about this first one was that you had this kind of, you know, schmuck character and he actually, he ends up getting to be with the hot woman and not, you know, through some bizarre Jacob way. Jacob Kowalski. Yeah, but because, you know, she genuinely likes him. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Yeah, but she didn't really, we got, we got a dreamer. <laughs> She didn't uh, like him necessarily because of all the stuff that he did, right? We no, no. She, I was gonna say that she couldn't read his mind, but she could read his mind. She just liked how she liked how he saw her, right? Because yeah. she could read minds. She's sort of empathic or empath- empathetic and some kind of wizard empath. She could read minds, and she read his mind. And he wanted her like he wanted her sweets that she baked. Mm. Was it? No, he baked. What? He was the baker. What? Getting confused. No. Like, what? No, Remember, she she was the really good cook. No, he was the baker because he was trying to get a loan to open a bakery. But she was also a good cook. Okay, okay. Right. So he lo- she wanted him. She liked that he loved her the way he loved her cooking at dinner that one time. Hmm. Not his baking. But I bet his baking did impress her. I mean... Come on, she could probably do better. You're probably right. She's a witch after all. Yeah. That's what's tough about witch and muggle relations. Or sorry, you know, just in witch and, and wizard, magical relations in general. It's tough. Yeah. How do we translate this to the opening topic? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, no magic, terrible. It's yeah, terrible. That, yeah. Then that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's like. It's another, that's another franchise where they have no idea what they're doing. With but language. you liked muggle though, right? You liked her original ideas? Yeah, it was a very good racial slur. Yeah, pretty good one. Pretty standard. Um, what about you like Mud Blood? Pretty good one as well. Yeah, it's okay. It's kind of on the nose a little bit, yeah. and it kind of just doesn't flow out of the mouth. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. <sighs> so I bet you're pretty good at making slurs in weird languages if you'd like. <laughs> I, I am, but actually, you know, oddly enough, the, I think the worst one was one I didn't even come up with. It was I don't even know where they came up with it, but it was for defiance, um, and they had a, they came up with a racial slur for the Cassathans that was haint, hmm. and it was like, oh wow, that's so bad. How did you do that? You bastards. And it, it's haint. Yeah, haint. And it is like a, a couple really bad words bled together or something. I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know. But it's so you, you, it, it's like you made a baby and then it grew into something you don't even recognize. It, 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 but it's like it, it refers to their pale skin. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Seems like a popular thing to use as a slur. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, um, all right. What are we talking about? We're talking about House of the Dragon now. You oh, don't, you don't... oh, yeah, House of the Dragon. Okay, so first of all, um, I guess I wasn't really up on the news because I didn't see any of the news the day of. I saw it the day after. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, there was no period of time in oh, between those two. Right. I just saw them both at the same time. Um, Still shocking, though, I bet. Yeah, in fact, I saw the House of the Dragon first. And there were the, the like, and then this on the news that the, the other cancellation or the cancellation of the other people. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Damn. Yeah, but it means, yeah. It means it's not, you know, work that's going to pop up at an inconvenient time for me. So that's, that's nice. Um, and there was going to be a, a lot of stuff that I would have had to have done to get back into the swing of things for that one. Um, because, so that one was right. You know, it was, uh, it was set in the, the, uh, before the Andal invasion, right? 
Yeah. So the the children of the forest and the first men are already getting on well together. Um, and then the Andals come over, and that's kind of, that's the beginning of this series. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, I, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, did you get to create the old tongue? No, I didn't, because <laughs> that became the new English. Oh, okay. Because everybody was speaking right. the old tongue. So old tongue is common tongue at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, it's still the old tongue, right? It's right. still called the old tongue. It's just rendered as English because that's the one that's going to be spoken the most on screen. Right. And so, oddly enough, I was tasked with creating the Andal language, which, of course, becomes the common tongue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it becomes like the Westerosi that is English in the books. And so that was kind of fun because it was creating something that, you know, makes sense with respect to the names that are that you've come up with, but also where it's like you could kind of wink and see how maybe that thing could come to become English if you applied the right sound changes or at least sound like English. So that was fun. What, um, what did you do when to I mean did you use any other influences from your work within the series to inform the Andals language and um cuz they were English before. That seems like yeah, a so, particular challenge. I mean really it was just reading the source material. So like from the uh the which call the World of Ice and Fire getting all the names and figuring out what would make sense and what I could do based on that. And then after that what I tried to do was set things up so that if you were to apply some of the same sound changes that happened to English, you could get to something like modern English. And so it's um, it's got the same thing that Old English does, which is a six-vowel system, and then long and short versions of those vowels based on stress. So in other words, the six vowels are, are uh, A, E, e O, U, and A. A. A, the front a. one. All right, except that re- unlike English, mm. you know, I spelled those differently so that the actors could tell. Um, and then the long and short versions of them would show up depending on if they were stressed or not. Um, is that A-E-I-O-U? Is that how you say it? Um, what? No. The I, long version of it? Th- no, or? the long version. That's what we call the long versions now because of the great vowel shift. Mm. Back then they were just longer. Mm. So to give you an example, um, we have these two words, mouse and mice, right? The mm. singular and plural. Uh, the reason they are that way is because they used to be um, regular. There used to be a time where the word for mouse was moose, with a long <laughs> oo, moose, okay? And the plural was moosey. Okay. All right? So very simple. Same word, just on the other one, you add an I prefix. You know, so for moose, one of them, moosey, many of them. Then what happened was that suffix affected the previous vowel. We call that umlaut. So moosey became musi. And it became that because it's like you're, li- you're, you're anticipating the vowel that's coming. And so you change the previous one a little bit from u to u. So it's moves things, you're moving things forward a little bit. So rather than, so it would be like moose and musi. How long does it take for that to change over time? With um, well, there's no set answer, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. So that was step one. Step two was that uh, vowels got reduced at the end of words. This is why we have a lot of silent E's. So it went from musi to muse, where you just kind of let the vowel drop. Hmm. Then 
we just dropped the vowel entirely. And that's why there's a silent E at the end of mice. And so it was moose, singular, moose, plural. All right, so now there's this weird distinction there. Then we lost that vowel. So we lost this weird E vowel, and it just became E. So it was moose and meese. Then the great vowel shift happened. Long vowels that were high, so E and U, became diphthongs. So moose became mouse, and meese became mice. And it did this gradually, so it was like it wasn't like mice. It was meese, 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 <laughs> meese. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Same thing with mouse. All right, so that's how we ended with the regular singular and plurals. Mm. All right? So this great vowel shift happened. I, I don't know about the previous changes in English, but the great vowel shift happened over the course of like 25 years, 25 to 50 years. Camera shut off. You're good. Okay, should we, do we need to start it or? Uh, it just overheated. I think we got to sit in the sunlight Ooh. too long. Yeah, so sorry for the uh, video dying on everyone. Man. This is uh, only the second time I've tried to use this on a podcast. All right. Well, anyway, it is getting a little hot, so uh, shirt's off, I assume? Oh, uh, now that we pants, have the camera off, off, yeah, let's go ahead and pants do it. Pants off, yeah. I wish we could <laughs> on camera. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> All right, so. Um, I'll let it cool off and probably turn it right back on. Yeah. Um Okay, so, so uh, the great vowel shift actually happened really quick. And we have evidence of this. Nice. I wish you could see what is happening. He's putting it in the freezer. Um, we have evidence that the great vowel shift happened really quickly. Uh, because there are uh, letters where grandparents will be writing a letter and saying that they cannot understand a word that their grandchildren are saying. They say everything's so weird, um, and it's, it's hard for them to adjust. So basically, it's like these are people that are still alive where one group is speaking with the old vowels, with the long vowels, and the, uh, and the, and the kids are speaking with these new crazy vowels where it's no longer fit, it's feet, right? That's Because mm. that's what happened there. So fit became feet. And whereas, but, you know, meese became mice and so on. It was this whole push thing. It was also when um, something like, you know, uh, uh, so fit became feet. That was, uh, you know, feet. But for fate, it was actually fat or fat became fate. So close. Yeah. And so it so was... So much subtly. And it was really confusing for older people. So anyway... Is that kind of like how emojis are right now for older people? A little bit, except that there's a lot less standardization with emojis. Um, I would think there'd be more. No, it's not. It's, oh, not an expression, not in the way it's used. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like you, mm. Everybody can use emojis, but it's not necessarily going to be the case that everybody's going to have the same interpretation. Oh, my gosh. That's worse than language because language you, at least has like a framework, a direction with it. This is just open characters. It that is. You can openly modify however way you want. Yeah, it's pure anarchy. That is, <laughs> that is of course, filtered through uh, corporate entities. Yes. Um, but um, on the other hand, at the very least, emojis are iconic. Mm. which is something that spoken language can do very poorly. Mm. The only thing that's, a, that are, that's iconic in spoken language is onomatopoeia. And if you look at onomatopoeia from language to language to language around the world, you realize, well, it's actually not very good at that either. I mean, the closest you can get is a cat meow. 
that's pretty consistent language to language. But I mean, look at how dog barking is done in one language versus another language versus another language. Yeah. Like every what about time stubbing you stub in your toe, I feel like everyone goes, Oh shit. Or something like that. Yeah. It's true. Actually, they all do it in English. <laughs> Good. Well, I, I mean, I say that in all English, the movies they've watched. I say that they do it in English, but really it's the Ur language. So, Oh shit. Isn't English. It's from the Ur language. What, what is Ur? It's just, it's, it's just stubbing your toe. That's it. It's the only thing that's in common. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so you must know the deep ones. They're all connected. This is connected through that language. So. <laughs> Your eye contact is ridiculous right now. I'm really mad that the camera just died. <laughs> I know. You didn't get to see my eyes flash red. It's too bad. It's pretty dark, dude. I remember yeah, the yeah. first time I met you, you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> It was very guttural. It was very called Drogo. Particularly, like, uh, uniquely good at it. Oh, God, I love it. Do you ever just pull that out in public in places? <sighs> Only if I need somebody to get out of my way. Oh, good idea. Perfect. <laughs> I want to pause for one second. You bet. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Um, we're, uh, we're talking about moose to mice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the whole point of, of that was... Yeah, I was creating a foundation where if you applied the same sound changes that happen in English, you could get something that sounded like modern English, even though the result would still be etymologically unrelated to English. Oddly enough, it's a throwback to what I did for the Warcraft movie for hmm. the humans, um, which is I created, um, initially I created a, a language for the humans and they're like, oh no, that's not what we meant. We want it to sound like English, but be gibberish. So... <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. They're like, you know, when you're ganking and someone says something out loud, yeah, text flies over their head. Yeah. See, I, I had Burr in there. <laughs> did you really? I did. God, that must have been so cool to be able to do that. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> but see, then they had me change it. But no, what they meant what they meant was actually pretty cool. It would be like if somebody didn't understand English and they were hearing a bunch of English speakers over there, how would you represent that mm. on screen? And so what I did was I kept all of the same morphology of English. So the ing ending, the es ending, the ed ending, things like that. And I kept the words like the and uh and an and of. And then I replaced everything else with stuff that could fit into English, but didn't happen to exist in English. So it'd be like, you know, the, uh, you know, say like, you know, you know, the gink is splurking. You know, and it's like, you know, sounds exactly like English. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, it's gobbledygook at that point. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's English gobbledygook. That's what good common tongue should sound like. Good common tongue. It's yeah. like, just not quite. It's like, I know that you're speaking a different language, but I, I kind of get the gist of what you're saying, but I don't really get what you're saying. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, but so for this one, of course, the Andals were speaking the foreign language. Mm. So, so yeah, there was the full setup language. It was kind of fun. Um, had a nice big line in it uh, for that first episode. What can you tell us? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what I legally can tell you, but it's like I have the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can you tell me that I can tell everyone listening to this podcast that I, loves the series? <laughs> I have no idea. So it was... It, well, they, what is your phone password? <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, I almost gave it to you. You're very persuasive. Um, <laughs> Didn't take much. So the Just, name... They offered my gourd to David this morning. And <laughs> uh, 
The name of the language ended up being Andalus. I, I had called it something different, um, but they were like, well, can you make it sound like Andalusi? And I'm like, ah, fine. Hmm. So Andalus. Um, and then, uh, but that was like only half of what I did. The other half was I didn't create a new language, but the children of the forest were going to be a main you know, presence hmm. in this in this show. So I just, uh, I got a chance to use the language that had been cut from season six of Game of Thrones. Oh. Um, and indeed, translate quite a bit of stuff into it. Hmm. So um, oddly enough, though, they didn't like the name of the language. They didn't like Gernamosha. So they, they made me change it. They consulted with George R. R. Martin. And I, uh, but I gave them some, you know, uh, prerequisites. So I said, well, it's still got to start with an M and it's got to end with an A. And they're like, uh, well, he liked uh, Gernamora. And so um, I made it... That? Well, uh, I, I made it work, so I made it a compromise. Um, so the 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 name of the language is actually now Gernamora. And it's spelled uh, the same Gerna, same G-R-N-A and M-O-H-R, Gernamora. Um, is now the name of the language, and then the uh, the people who Write speak down, the language are, are called the Mora, uh, the singers. So the Gernamorna is uh, I'm sorry, Gernamora are the singers of the earth. So they're the ones that you know. That's the name for the children of the forest, and then they could be referred to as the Mora, M O R A. Wow. Yeah. So they had me change that, and I was like, okay, but they changed it within my parameters. So that's fine. Um, and yeah, apparently George R. R. Martin did consult on that. So that's, that's good at least. So now at least there's some acknowledgement of this language in the canon. Somewhere. Also, of, seems like the events he sort of signed off on. What? Oh, well, you know, like he sort of passively, yeah. He consulted on all the prequels. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Um, you know, just most of them didn't come to be. Uh, and then for that one, w- which was kind of fun and wild, and I don't know why they wanted me to do this, but, um, I, uh, I trans like half translated, half wrote the lyrics for a song in that one. There's going to be a full song performed in the pilot, a uh, wedding song. What was um, it like, uh, sort of filky, like uh, Tolkien-y? Oh, I never heard it. Hmm. But it was, as far as the way it, the the words were, like the the structure. Oh, it was a the rhyming structure, it, the cadence. No, it was more of a a wedding, or at least in terms of content, it was uh, you know, well wishes, well wishes at a wedding. Um, how was the rhyme structure? I'd have to pull it up again. Um, mm. I don't think I, if it ended up rhyming, it wasn't, it wasn't because I did it uh, or it wasn't because I wanted it to, because I never want things to rhyme. It's like, um, <laughs> is it boring or something? No, it's terrible. It's like excruciating. It seems like you have to bend things to make it make sense in a made up language to yeah. rhyme. Like it seems like you might just start making conveniences rather than following the code. Yeah, and given the nature of the language, it was it would be the type of thing where a lot of things ended up sounding the same. But mm-hmm. it ended up at least it ended up coming out all right. The, so the the song lyrics they were all right. Uh, I, I liked the way they came out, and the meaning worked. Um, but yeah, no, I never heard the song, and I've never actually seen the pilot. And I don't know if we ever will. Now hmm. it's kind of a bummer. They're surely. I mean, maybe they might just kill it completely. But it seems a shame to go all the way. And- to the trouble of making something and not sharing it with people. Oh, well, that happens a lot. I know, but it's such a beloved property and they have so they make so much money with such a big special feature catalog, you would think that it would be the kind of thing they'd want to give to people, but 
they seem to be pretty protective over it. I mean, I know you yeah. work close with things. Would you say that that's the overall vibe? You just oh yeah. You you made a joke earlier that you're like the D list on the the priority as far as being told things, but you were probably really surprised this week when you saw that that it sounds like you've done a lot of work on it, and it sounds really yeah. cool. Surprised that that would have been canceled. Yeah, I mean, it, I I didn't expect it to go that far and get canceled, but I mean, it does. I think help to emphasize how how lucky they were with Game of Thrones though because so like because originally Game of Thrones got you know an internal pilot order where they would review it and then yeah. and then move forward if they liked it so it's like I mean helps to emphasize that you know that wasn't just for show <laughs> Game of Thrones really could never have been could have uh, come and gone you know and if that had happened goodness gracious we um, would have never met no we would have never met <laughs> I think I would have made uh, what total of three hundred and eighty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and now your total is at least over five hundred dollars. So yeah, I'm doing, I'm demanding, doing okay. I'm demanding top the top hundreds now. Oh, good, good. <laughs> They're paying tens of dollars a day to work on these things. <laughs> That's yeah. exciting, though, man. To to know these details about that series, I want to squeeze as much out of you as while well I can before you have to leave. It would about, be it would be easier to do if I actually remembered the pilot. But the thing is, I didn't get a copy of the pilot script. There was a wedding, though. You yeah, know yeah. That there was a wedding. So, what context were you told that it was a wedding? With the with the, did you get like stage directions for the song, basically? Like there is a wedding. It is going to be this sentiment. That kind I, oh of no, thing. no, like that was just for the song. That was just separate. They just sent me the the lyrics. Um, but no, the wedding. Somebody was getting married to somebody else, and that made somebody mad. Were they humans? Uh, or were they uh, were they Andalos? Were they first men? Were yeah, they... that was it. That was it. I think that was the big deal. Somebody was getting married to an Andalosi woman, and then there was that was going to start you know turmoil mm. but uh, as far as i know the turmoil didn't really start that episode it was it was it was threatened um but yeah i didn't uh we didn't get pilots uh, we didn't get scripts for that one just because you know they're super um did you talk to anybody else working on it just other than your point of contact like do you have any like um communication with people like paula fairfield for example that work on the sound or anything do you guys have any like internal gossip or anything like that you just kind of stay did on she own. work on that uh on game of thrones I'm yeah just, but did she did she work on the pilot i don't think so oh, okay i don't know specifically though yeah i mean it seems I, like an obvious get though i met her yeah i was very amused she was she was complaining about how like you know oh we sound editors we don't get you know, recognition. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, she's tweeting photos of her at the Emmys later. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah. yeah, you you poor sound editor. <laughs> well, I mean, you say the right things, and the right people hear you say things, or you go to the right things, do the right stuff. You know, her stuff is available. Is it's an Emmy category. You know what I'm saying? I've actually talked to the Emmy people, and because uh, I wanted to be, I, I wanted to become a part of. You know the, the you know how the academy exists, right? Yes. Maybe. Uh, um, and I was like, well, there's a version of that for the Emmys, and I thought, well, maybe I can be on that because you know I've done a lot of stuff for TV, right? And uh, after they reviewed my application, they actually called me. It was like a conference call. And they said, we don't actually have any category that we think you fit into. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, but I do a lot of stuff. They're like, well, yeah, we know, but there's no existing like. It's not sound. It's not writing. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's, and then that was hmm. that was that. It's all right. 
So just like a lot of uh, walled off areas that are kind of exclusive to certain kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm Sounds never, about right. I'm never going to get in there. Um, but I, I have. I, I really, really hope that that when I die, I'll get featured in the in memoriam <laughs> reel. But it's gonna, uh, it's going to depend on. Probably not. <laughs> it's going to depend on you know. I'll probably be on there, and then what will happen is like a really famous like. Uh, you know, dog will die. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll get bumped for the dog. Yeah, that makes sense. It'll yeah. be all the different iterations of Airbud, all the yeah. guys who, the different golden retrievers. The la- Once the last one dies, it's like similar to the last living, uh, like Normandy Beach <laughs> survivor. <laughs> it's like the last Airbud is here. Oh, so you're not working on House of the Dragon that you know of yet. That I know of yet. They've no. got a 10 episode order. Available. And it is about. The Targaryens. It is based on fire and blood. Yeah. So I mean, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of different shit spoken. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm really bummed because I think if I haven't been contacted yet, I probably won't be. And the reason is going to be because they're going to have everybody speaking English since every one of them would have been speaking Valyrian. Right. But what about potential for weird stuff, like wiggly people from Ashai to come in and need to speak some of that old old stuff that... They better. They better call good, me. Good. <laughs> Get they some of that good me. shadow good yeah. out of there. <laughs> I I mean, I already had my old version of Ashai. I could you know, spruce that up or do something different. I Knock know. the dust off of it. Yeah, yeah. Take it for a walk. There's mm. more... That's the thing. There's more Song of Ice and Fire. There's more Game of Thrones down the pipeline. It's all seemed like it was like a mysterious what if... Not for you, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start to say it seemed like that for us that we were not. I mean, I had a feeling that HBO was going to go in the direction. It seemed pretty obvious. We just like we got that Breaking Bad movie, and Breaking Bad was like uh, a smash crossover success, but also like uh, prestige. Mm-hmm. Not the kind of people to immediately go dip back in and make a follow up movie a few years later. Yeah, but you know. Still, I didn't know that they were going to come back, and now we have a very like official sounding title for a show house of the dragon. That's I can already cool. see the t-shirts. You know what I mean? I can already sort of understand the vibe and I'm not mad. I kind of like it to be honest. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be more stuff. There's just, it's, it's exciting, but yeah. there's a, you know, a runway, a projected runway. But like I said, you had a runway this whole time. Yeah. But the two, the two dead pilots don't like, they don't, they don't take the wind out of yourselves too much as far as like what potential lore. Because for me, when I hear you talking about a wedding to an Andalusi and people being mad about that, and I think of that being the beginning of the struggle that leads to the creation of the White Walkers, that does sound really cool to me. And I'm kind of sad that we're not seeing that. Before I had less of a picture of it in my head, but now that you've just described a little bit of what was in the pilot episode, I'm like, oh man. The fact that we're not going there must really mean that this new series is good and that maybe they have other ideas. Yeah. But you don't know anything about other potential ideas? Um, no. The only other, uh, the only the only ones I knew about for sure was the old Valerian prequel, the one I was working on, Brian Cogman's one. Um, and I think that was, that was the only, those were the only ones that I had ever talked to anybody about. Um, this House of the Dragon came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I really want to know more about it because it seems it seems like the same topic as the other one, as I mean, the uh, as, as, old Valeria. Yeah, as the old Valeria one. You see, I thought the same thing too, but maybe uh, it could be anthology ish. Yeah. You know, like uh, different vignettes. Yeah, it could be, or or it could be that just maybe the old Valeria prequel was broader in scope, and this one is more narrow. 
I don't know. Uh, what if they did? What if? What if it's like resisting the traditional story structure, like you were describing, like the setup from the pilot? And what if it is like glimpses? And inside of those glimpses, we can also have different like cinema style. We can do like action oriented, like sort of like a Black Mirror almost, but inside of the Game of Thrones universe. Okay, that sounds really cool. Yes. That is one hundred percent not going to be House of the Dragon. You know <laughs> Damn that, it. right? Like you know that. Yeah, but it could be awesome. It it would be very cool to have a Twilight Zone set in the game, of but Thrones it follows universe. Targaryens throughout history, but not only nah, in the nah. Fire and Blood era. That would be so cool. No, it's a Twilight Zone that that takes place entirely <sighs> in like <laughs> in Dorne. Oh no! Don't do that! Don't do that! It's all about how they treat girls in Dorne. It's like, uh, yeah, we get it. You guys are really forward thinking, except for all the stuff that you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Or maybe you could. Maybe you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and pitch this here maybe it can just be me reading all the dorn chapters just uh, me on a bench reading the dorn chapters aloud of the game of thrones books and saying why they suck some people might be into that but i don't know if many will i don't think they'll have the crossover success rate that game of thrones had yeah i mean probably not the same amount of success but you have to admit that it would at least be half successful well, listen, if, Perhaps if, more. if anyone listening is interested in something like that, you can get close to that experience this April <laughs> at Deer Creek State Park in Ohio, where this David and I will both be guests at Ice and Firecon, but more specifically you. Are you're the fancier of the two of us for sure? And I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be shitting on Dorn <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just from the show. I'm talking about from the books. I can't um, confirm that David it. will be. Uh, what about Darkstar? What hmm? Darkstar? Darkstar from the books. The character Darkstar. Remind me. Darkstar. The fuck is that? Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give me more. Uh, Ger- uh Gerald Dane. Darkstar in Dorne. He's in Dorne. That's probably why I don't remember. Who the hell is this? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. <laughs> oh. That's all I know is Darkstar. Oh, God. <laughs> I just remember any time anything about Dorne was mentioned in the books, my brain just shut off. So well, like, there's a lot of chapters you just kind of coasted through there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why do I have to listen to this crap? Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I'm with you. I think a lot of people are, too. Yeah. Oh, there are a lot that, of people that who are fans that of Dorn. Too. Of course, yeah. there are a lot of people that are not just fans of what's his face. Uh, what's the, the the idiot brother? Um, Quentin Martell. No, 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 no. With the Baratheons. Oh, uh, which idiot brother? There's tons. Robert. Uh, not Robert. Not Renly. Robert Renly and Stannis. Stannis, good lord. There are people that actually like and enjoy Stannis. You're looking at one of them, bud. <laughs> gracious God. I mean, I mean, it's one thing to like somebody as a character. No! Ah, fucko. Sorry. Fucko's, I, fucko's a good word. Let me just, let me just, let me just say this. Yeah, 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 and yeah. trust me, if you could see my face, you could see the conviction in it. It's, it, it's not necessarily about liking the character because you enjoy what happens with the story at that point. That's my case with Tywin Lannister. I think that he is the spice that makes uh, uh, all of the Song of Ice and Fire books interesting. Okay, um, but it's not like I think he would be a good ruler that he's a good father, that he's a good person. I think he's terrible. I think he's one of the worst in the books. But I enjoy when he's on the screen because of the spice he adds. Now, with Stannis, I could see people saying they like that. 
Um, I wouldn't understand it because when you, when anytime it's Stannis, it's just blah, 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 religion, this red woman, that burn this, burn that. He's an, he's a wooden idiot, but it's the people that say that he is actually a good and moral person and, uh, and would be a good King that I just don't understand. Goodness gracious God. So you don't agree with Davos is what you're saying because Davos says he's the one true King. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. <laughs> He's hitched his he's hitched his wagon to the worst post in the kingdom, uh, but is so honorable. Like that's the whole point of Stannis, is to it, it, he's just there so that you can appreciate the tragic character of Davos. That's it. Um, he's kind of like the character of God in um, Paradise Lost, hmm. where you read this character and like, wow, this is completely unrelatable and terrible. This guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You look up uh, book three. Um, you'll see. Um, These are hot Stannis takes. Yeah, I mean, they're the only ones, honestly. I don't understand how anybody could like this guy. You think he's going to burn Shireen? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, 100%. That makes sense for his character. He would do whatever for his weird, perverted religion. Yeah. And for his own sense of self-worth and grandeur. He's, mm-hmm. He is absolutely the biggest ass in the entire series. Um, so, I mean, really, the only his only beats are, you know, being butthurt, A. <laughs> B, philandering, uh, you know, just cheating on his wife. And C, being, you know, doggedly, you know... Uh, kowtowing to this religion. Um, there is no part of him that is a good person, and there is no part of him that would be a good ruler. Just terrible. I like that he responded to the the threat of the White Walkers, though. <laughs> he didn't. He did something, though. He went, no, no, no. he went to the north. He didn't respond to it. Melisandre did. Yeah. You know? Davos. I mean, it's like, he wouldn't, if, if you know, there's Davos there reading that letter, right? Mm-hmm. If Melisandre had said, we need to go south, he would have gone south. Hmm. You know it. Yeah, yeah. But she, you know, she corroborated with the story, which was... Of course she did, because, like, that was... Strange timing, because they're usually against each other, her and Davos. Yeah, but, like, that was kind of, like, her whole point was, like, you know, this existential threat that they needed to... Right. Yeah. Um, so that was, of course, why she went with it. Um, but if it, if that hadn't been what she wanted to do, Stannis wouldn't have done it. It's not a moral bone in that man's body. Hmm. It's garbage, and I hate him. Well, it's good to know that you know you're not coming from a place of not caring about these characters when you're piecing their world together. Yeah, come, a, come from a deep place of hatred for Stannis. Are you excited for wins to come out? I mean, yeah, as much as any person, but it's, I don't, you know, I don't like to think about it because, and I don't like to talk about it because the entire discussion about it seems to turn negative pretty quickly. Because of the because fact of, that it's not out? Yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of exciting theorizing and just, in general, just uh, kind of navel-gazing about, isn't it cool yeah. that we're still in the era where the books aren't out yet? Isn't yeah. that fun? I, I don't know, like I don't know. Instead I just, of being mad at an old guy, you know? I I feel like it just kind of sucks because it was like I mean it was you know his story, and it wasn't like this is even the only thing he writes. Like you yeah. know, Song of Ice and Fire is his only thing, but you know, it was still his story. And now it's like people associate him with nothing but these books, and it feels like you know it must it must feel 
like him, there must be, I guess, negative emotions in his head anytime he has to sit down to write because he just thinks about a bunch of people saying, why aren't these books out? And by the way, the last season of your show sucks. And we know yours is going to be makes better, it worse too. which is just <laughs> adds more pressure. Yeah, that's a weird thing with the way that the uh, the season, we talked to you on the podcast before. How did you yeah. feel about how it ended? Oh, I was... I can't give you my hundred percent take, but <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face. I think that's all I need to know. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I was pleased with a couple of things. One, I was pleased with what happened with Aria's story, and I was trying to find the interview where I predicted what happened with her to a letter, like really? exactly, like of her stabbing him. No, 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 of her, um, of, of, of her West surviving of and then leaving and then sailing off. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Yes. Now, why aren't Called you that. translating her in conversation? Like her, like she's been washed up. She's been like a Marty McFly from Back to the Future Part 3, like taken in. And then like there's some people taking care of her speaking in some strange language in the Shadowlands. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be cool. That's but, what I want. But I, I swear, hadn't we talked about this before? How I thought it would be really cool to do a Star Trek show um, in that yes, we have. But yeah, tell everyone about else. yeah a Star Trek show about how uh, but follows Arya, um, and you know obviously not futuristic, but the same idea where they're going Prime off directive. and exploring all the various lands of not just Westeros but the entire world there. Yeah, um, I thought that would be really cool. So it's just like every episode they're at a new place. Maybe they do like you know, a two or three episode arc at one place, mm-hmm. and you know we uh, and it's like. It's like nowhere near Westeros, right? Mm-hmm. It's all, it's like the eastern part of Essos, but also Sothorios and everywhere else, you know? I thought that would be a really cool show. Um, just because I really enjoyed Star Trek The Next Generation and how they're. That was my favorite one, too. Yeah, you know, they're just. <laughs> <laughs> amateur hour. Damn, it's three. I'm an amateur. Okay, well. Uh, to, to, Sorry about my phone. To sign off really quickly, so there was that, and then I was also extremely extraordinarily pleased that uh, that the Iron Throne was destroyed, um, and that in effect nobody was named king because with Bran being named king and what we saw afterwards, the whole point was that he was not actually going to rule, and that in fact the small council was going to rule, and that it was the first steps towards a representative democracy because it was my belief in reading the books, that that was where the books, the, that was what was being built towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very pleased with what happened with Jon Snow. Just like, you know, basically, a, you know, ha-ha, fuck off after you just saved everybody, kicking the pants back to the wall <laughs> for you. Because uh, Sounds it, about right. it felt like that's what the entire, the entire book series was building to, was that it does not matter who you are when you're born. That doesn't mean anything at all. What matters is what you have in your heart. Um, and also, it's not necessarily like you're ever going to be rewarded for doing the right thing. Hmm. So I was pleased with that. And I am very confident that when the book series finishes, I mean, it's not going to be obviously exactly the same, but it's not. <laughs> it was to me laughably ridiculous. The idea that there were fans of the show that thought the ending was going to be some specific character, whichever character you want, was going to be the ruler. They were going to sit on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Re- and everything Re- afterwards Re- was just going to be all peaches and cream Re- because it finally had the right ruler. Re- it's just Re- ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Oh, man. So no Long Night, a.k.a. Blood Moon. No yeah. Old Valyria, but 
House of the Dragon. So yeah, I still have my fingers crossed. Maybe they'll maybe they'll ask me to do something here or there. If they don't, will you go go ahead and just tell us everything else that you you know know, and then we can all. I mean, celebrate those details and create our own headcanon for the next 14 years. But literally, like, everything I know about House of the Dragon is what you could read. No, I mean, of the ones that you worked on already. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know, the stuff that you don't want to, like, spoil your potential of continuing your work in Hollywood. Right, right, right. (laughs) About...